Hello, everybody. This is uh, something a little different. We're getting political on Welcome to the World of Religions. And we're returning to the field. Or, well, Austin is returning to the field. Yes. Uh, Since, you know, COVID-19 is still doing its thing across the world, Nathan and I are separated. But I have the privilege of living in Portland, Oregon, and there is a ton of protesting going on there. It's When I was there, it was the 11th consecutive night, and it's still going, as far as I'm aware. And I've participated a few times in the peaceful protests. I haven't rioted or anything. Don't worry. I do not approve of that. Don't destroy stuff. But uh, peaceful protests are cool. And the one I attended last night was led by an interfaith group of Portland people, uh, Portland religious leaders. It included, and sadly I couldn't get the exact names and positions of everyone because they didn't say their names when they started talking, so I had to fill it on with context. I know the main organizer was Reverend E.D. Mondain, who is a preacher in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which we talked about a little bit in the other episode we're releasing this week. And he kind of organized the whole thing. He's also the president of the local NAACP. So yeah, he's a huge figure in Portland social justice movements. There was also a group of at least three different Christian leaders from the Episcopal Church and two other groups that I could not identify. There was a Jewish leader who brought an actual ram's horn to the protest, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Love it. And there was another guy who I'm pretty sure was from some sort of Eastern religion, but he left after giving his speech, so I never got to talk with him and figure out exactly which tradition. And finally, to top it all off, there was an actual self-identifying witch, and she was wearing black and purple robes, she had a necklace with a pentagram, she had a pointy witch hat. It was the full deal and a little surreal at the moment, but hey, <laughs> they count as religions too, I guess. Welcome to the world of religion. Exactly. So yeah, first impressions, it was pretty cool. I'm just going to kind of describe what I saw, and then we'll talk about some conclusions at the end. It'll be a short episode. So it started out with just kind of everyone calling the crowd together to chant various things that you might have heard at these protests, like Black Lives Matter, No Justice, No Peace, various other chants. Then the official sort of program-ish thing started. The uh, Jewish leader, who was a woman, started the whole thing off with a song called We Will Not Be Moved. And it was cool to have the entire protest group singing it together. And that was kind of a theme throughout the whole thing, was massive unity, which was awesome. She then talked about how the blood of our brothers and sisters cries out to God which was clear reference to the Cain and Abel story in the Hebrew Bible. Mm. And basically the the blood of our brother, George Floyd, our sister, Breonna Taylor, and the many other black people that have died due to injustice in this country is crying out, and God is listening, and we're here to answer for it. Uh, Then there was a little break. The protesting crowd kind of did its thing. And in between each speaker, whenever there was silence, the protesters just started yelling random stuff. So it was a bit difficult for them to keep control, but they uh, they organized it pretty well, I think. Uh, the next guy was a uh, a guy, uh, uh, a male, white male Christian leader of unidentified denomination, couldn't figure it out, possibly evangel- uh, evangelical. 
And he tied his message into the Exodus story, which is a very commonly cited story in Black liberation theology about how the Black community in America is the new Israelites wandering in the desert, wandering in the wilderness, trying to find the promised land. But rather than wandering for a new land, they're waiting for America to become that land, a land where they can live free and equal. And that's a very common theme in Black liberation theology, so it was cool to see him talk about it. Uh, there was another break, and then the, the AME bleeder showed up. And he kind of started off by saying, I am George Floyd. And I thought that was really interesting how he identified himself as a, as a black man with George Floyd. He never said his name. He only said, I am George Floyd. Now, I knew his name because he had been in a lot of other stuff related to the movement, but I thought that was a cool thing for him to do. Sort of an I am Spartacus moment. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And his message was actually, it was on the right to be outraged, hmm. which is an interesting, a lot of times in religion, anger isn't seen as a great thing, you know, it kind of leads to sin. But his was, you have a right to be angry. In fact, I thank God that you're angry. He gave a really great speech about the people's right to be angry. But throughout all of it, his message was, and use your voice, don't use weapons. Weapons, guns, bullets, tear gas, is what keeps us down. We should not be responding with rocks and molotovs or fireworks or whatever weapons the rioters have often been using against police, but rather our voices. Our voices are the one weapon that Kevlar armor can't block. Hmm. And I actually have a bit of an audio recording from his speech. I'm really sad I didn't get the whole thing, but here's a few seconds of it. You can hear drums and the ram horn in the background there, which is very cool. And uh, yeah, then it continued. We sang uh, Walking on Freedom Road, classic black gospel song. And uh, yeah, during the uh, another and then the, a woman came up, a Christian woman. I think it was the Episcopal preacher. She came up, she started talking, and then the police turned on the generator, which was their floodlights that they were using to keep the crowd in view. And the crowd went absolutely ballistic. They started yelling lots of expletives and terrible things. The police officers shut that effing generator off, which was kind of sad because, you know, the reason they were mad is we can't hear the preacher. But in yelling at the police, they kind of took over from the from the woman and she couldn't talk over their yelling. But what was really cool is the uh, the AME guy again who had just spoken. He he, you know, gathered his big voice and yelled to the crowd. No, 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 let them keep the lights on. Keep the lights on us, because we are the lights, the light of the world. <laughs> and that was a really cool way to salvage the moment and bring attention back onto the uh, speakers. And, you know, quoting a another Bible verse there, light of the world, sitting on a hill. Uh, she talked about the, uh, when she got her uh, the platform back, she talked about militarization, its consequences, the oppression of black bodies over the centuries, and really made the message embodied, which I think was cool. No specific or explicit religious overtones, though. And then the uh, AME preacher led us in another song. We won't throw rocks, we won't throw stones, and then closed it again with We Are the Light. And I have another voice recording from here. So once again, the theme of the voice being the strongest weapon. And this was a real universal throughout all the talks. 
another woman preacher came up, uh, another Christian group, and she said she was talking about taking down systems of abuse and white power, white supremacy. We chanted no more tear gas, Black Lives Matter, and then we sang We Shall Overcome. And after these songs, uh, the police chief actually came down to the fence that we were behind, and he reached his hand over, and the AME preacher took his hand, and they shook hands, and it was a pretty powerful moment. It was cool to see. I don't know the intentions behind the police officer. It might have been something to save face. It might have been legitimate. I'm not here to judge. I just think it was a cool moment. And uh, yeah, the crowd shouted, quit your job, and they didn't like that. Mm. But a lot of the crowd thought it was cool. It was mixed opinions. And then he kind of salvaged the situation again by saying, hey, they expect us to throw stones. They expect us to get angry. Don't give them their expectations. And then the uh, Eastern religion guy, who I couldn't identify, uh, came up. And uh, he continued to talk about the power of the voice and basically said, our voice was so strong that the police had to call the National Guard to shut it down, which I thought was a cool turning of the scenario where the National Guard was called and often caused a lot of horrific incidents with the crowd. Uh, The Jewish leader came back on after that, and she said that justice is the highest measure of, of who God is. Anything that's unjust can't be God. So fight for justice in all scenarios. Whoever fights for justice and says, you are my brother, you are my sister, to the people who are being oppressed, specifically the black people, are the children of God, the beloved of God. And then she blew the ram's horn as we chanted Black Lives Matter, which was super cool. The ram's horn is amazing. <laughs> it's You really need to listen to one at some point. And then the witch showed up. She claimed to be a first-generation witch. I did not realize it was generational. But anyways, she said that. And she kind of linked the witch persecution, which I, I'm assuming was referring to, you know, Salem witch trials and the Catholic Church's persecution of supposed witches. Um, not sure about the historicity on that one, because most of that was not actually against people who themselves identified as witches, but rather people who were just unjustly accused of being witches. But be that as it may, she talked about how humanity is composed of the sacred elements of the universe, which she said was fire, earth, water, and air, which is actually the Greek elements, which I thought was interesting, uh, utilizing that Greek philosophy in the neo-paganism, and basically emphasized the innate sacredness of any person, and the destruction of life is destruction of sacredness. She also talked about our... our uh, obligation to protect the earth the world nature and how humanity is part of that and these powers that oppress black lives are also destroying nature in the world which is pretty uh typical of the neo-paganist movement you know a, a veneration of nature and an emphasis on nature and yeah she related the police to imperialist forces and basically said we're gonna win and then uh they were all done and they processed away from the protest with the ram's horn and drum blaring and it was pretty cool whole thing was about an hour okay well it sounds like a lot happened in that one hour yeah it was pretty cool so one important thing i noticed was the ability to maintain control of the crowd that these religious leaders had and i had been to two protests before this and it was very difficult to get the crowd to do the same thing we had leaders leading the protests uh a lot of black men and women who were kind of our unofficial heads and they would kind of begin chants that we would follow. They would uh, initiate things like kneeling or holding up our hands, saying, hands up, don't shoot. But even they, who were kind of acknowledged as the leaders, had a hard time keeping everyone doing the same thing. A lot of people, interesting, mostly white people, would kind of start their own chants or start their own motions. 
which would make little side groups of the protest doing different things than the main group, and it was really disorganized. There was also one moment where uh, one of the black leaders came by and told us to kneel, kind of in honor of how black people have to kneel before the police helplessly, and then a white guy came up and said, no, don't kneel in front of the police officers, they're bad. And it was just kind of this back-and-forth tension, which was kind of sad to see that it was so divided. And But it was cool how these religious leaders managed to maintain order and unity without force or anything. They used, A, very charismatic speaking, and B, just what I feel like was the unifying power of the spiritual. Yeah, religion tends to, throughout history, have had a way of unifying people. Yeah. And whenever you're invoking some sort of higher code or higher power, that's going to have a very potent effect on a crowd. Yeah, it was interesting to hear the people who had just earlier been, you know, screaming expletives and stuff. People who you wouldn't expect to be religious necessarily. Not saying that they're bad people, it's just they didn't exude a religious aura, let's say. Um, chanting amen and preach, hmm. which was cool. So do you have any thoughts or questions, Nate? Yeah, so, and you've already been touching on this to some extent, but I'm curious to know how the crowd was responding. So. Where were the positive responses? Where did the crowd get more riled up? Yeah, I think the singing had one of the biggest positive effects because it was something the crowd could join into, mm. especially during the first speech. And I think it was just because the thing was start getting started and hadn't really established its order yet. The Jewish leader, she was giving her speech and occasionally someone from the crowd would yell in something like, yeah, or we the people. That was something that was yelled a lot or Black Lives Matter, some, some you know standard protest line, which was cool. I want to support protesters engaging with it but it kind of was disconnected in a way and felt like they were trying to you know jump in and get their voice heard rather than the speaker hmm. but when the songs were happening and the people could contribute directly it was really cool to hear everyone singing together these religious songs mostly from the black christian tradition that also had serious social justice um implications uh negative when the uh when reverend shook the hand of the police officer the crowd was not really happy about that because mm. there's been a big move to just all there's you know the acab all cops are a bad word i'm not gonna say um <laughs> right a lot of just anti-police hostility which i mean is kind of understandable given the cir given the circumstances i don't i mean okay let's i'm not gonna get my political views on this podcast but regardless i think it was a powerful moment that the bishop shook the hands of the police chief mm. merely for showing we got him to come down from his position behind the fence, behind his riot gear officers, and engage with the crowd. I don't know the police chief's intentions. I don't know if it was legitimate or just a, you know, move to make him look good. But the fact that he came down showed the power of this preaching. It shows that we're being heard. Right. So I think that's a positive. Yeah. And would you say that among the the leaders present, so mm -hmm. the, the number of Christian leaders, the Jewish leader, uh, the witch. I'm still amazed that there was an actual witch there. Yeah, it was wild. Um, would you say they generally had a sort of unity? Like, was it clear that they had rehearsed this and planned this together, or was it spontaneous? It seemed relatively rehearsed, with the exception of the We Are the Light bit, that that was seemed very off the cuff because it was directly related to the generators turning on the floodlights, but he carried it through. Right. Uh, yeah, it seemed rehearsed, but they all kind of did their own thing. They didn't speak at the mm. same time necessarily, so it seems like each person had prepared their own speech slash, you know, song or whatever, and was sharing in a sequence. That makes sense. And yeah, and just, I mean, like, as soon as they left, the protest kind of returned to normal. And I mean, I don't think it was bad. I think the Pro Portland protests have been pretty peaceful. 
but it did it, a lot of it lost a lot of its unity. It kind of broke into the mm. left side was saying one thing and the right side of the protest was saying another thing. And the center of the protest was sometimes on the left and the right and sometimes its own thing. Left and right not being political spectrums, but like right, just dimensionally, <laughs> the left half of the crowd. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it was interesting to see that they these religious leaders had commanded a certain unity, which is really cool. Right. And something I'm interested in, which it sounds like you know people were responding positively, but and maybe you couldn't even particularly pick this out, but was there any anti-religious sentiment in general appearing, or was everyone there seemed to be happy that religious leaders were? taking part in this i heard like one or two people whispering about like like what's a preacher doing here etc but it was very minimal and i don't want to make the judgment call that all of the people there they certainly were not majority christian or jewish or anything simply just based on demographics of portland but they seemed really into it and i think that shows the power of religion that you can get non-religious people if you're if you're using your religion right to work for the good everyone wants to join into that it's just when we have religion used to justify hate and bad things that it gets us a bad rap right now that's not to say religion shouldn't be countercultural because i think it should but uh there's a difference between being countercultural for the good and promoting the good of people and you know just being countercultural for the sake of being countercultural which you see a lot in evangelical christianity right for the most part uh but i'm sure you see it in other religious traditions too that's just the one i'm familiar with right Uh, Do you have any other overarching or concluding thoughts as we move to the end of this episode? Yeah, basically, uh, Christianity in America is regularly associated with a conservative, often racist right. That's not to say that the right is, I don't think that the right political side of the spectrum is all bad or all racist. I, I fall on the right side in a number of political issues, but it's often associated with a very conservative, not very nice group of people but we can clearly see that that's not the case that it falls on all sides and i think it's overall a force for good and positive change in the world so yeah don't stereotype religions this has been welcome to the world of religions in the field thank you for listening black lives matter